Thank you for listening to the Revivify Church podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and speaks to you from wherever you're listening. There are some here right now who have experienced significant church hurt and pain from possibly a controlling pastor or leader, or perhaps even worse, they've sinned against your person. Maybe it's been gossip that has spread about you and your issues that have caused you to sit in this house reeling from the pain of exposure and betrayal of a friend or confidant. And yes, there are those here today that you've had a spouse walk out on your marriage with someone else and cause some of the deepest, most debilitating pain a person can experience, yet and still today your marriage hasn't recovered and it's never been the same. Or maybe you are that offending party that walked out on your marriage and no one knows it yet. In fact, this secret is hiding deep within you, causing spiritual infection to wreak havoc in your life. Regardless of what the issues are or was, all of these kinds of traumatic events, they can easily put us into a place of bitterness that is not easily extracted from our lives. Bitterness, I would say, is probably the most destructive, subtle force attacking the modern-day church like never before. In fact, if you don't believe me, just stop by any page of social media and view it as Christians spew their unfettered attacks on politics, denominations, and companies alike that don't align with their chosen ideals. Today, Christians at times are some of the most bitter Creatures walking on the face of the earth. It's going to be tough today. You haven't figured it out, but we're going to get through it. Not only does bitterness, this bitterness push the world away from a message that could save their souls, but every word of bitterness uttered from a Christian's heart draws us not closer to God, but farther apart from Him. Craig Rochelle described bitterness as this. It is a toxic non-productive emotion, usually resulting from resentment from an unmet need. You see, bitterness never works alone. With bitterness comes its partners, jealousy and anger, hatred, disobedience, contempt, gossip, rage, and countless others. We could keep going on and on and on with these descriptors. The thing about bitterness is that it robs you of everything that is good that God wants for you and for me. And if you would, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want you to, I want you to look this up with me. And I want you to highlight this on your app, your Bible app. Or if you have a paper Bible, I want you to highlight this or mark this to come back. And I want you to read this later and again and again and again. But Hebrews tra- chapter 12 and verse 14, it says this. Strive for peace with Who? Well, that's a tall order. And for the holiness, everyone say holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness, everyone say root. Now you understand the display of our beautiful flowers. That no root of bitterness, see to it that no one obtain, excuse me, no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up 
and causes trouble, and by it, many, say everyone say many, become defiled. If you're taking notes today, I, I want you to note this. The very first thing in this scripture, it tells us to strive for peace with everyone. The first thing is, you and I are responsible. To strive to live at peace with whom? Yes, the Republican. Yes, the Democrat. Yes, the Independent. Yes, the Libertarian. And whatever Heinz 57 flavors of politics is out there. You are responsible as a Christian to live at peace or to strive to live at peace with anyone, everyone, which means you got to put some effort in. Now, here's fact number two is that you cannot be responsible for someone else's actions, but you are responsible for becoming bitter or not. You see, bitterness will cause you to miss out on God's grace. Didn't know that, did you? It says... See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Wait a minute, I thought once you're saved, that's it. Not according to this verse. If you become bitter over anything, you are now in danger of missing God's grace. Because bitterness works underground. On the outside, you look normal. But on the inside of your life is a poison, poison that is coursing through your veins. And no one knows until a hot button issue brings it all to the surface. All right, I told you this was going to get tough. This is going to get real tough. And then we'll probably back off from here, okay? Because I don't want to kill you. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you bitter with me when you leave here. Please do not raise your hand if this is you. Because I don't want to expose you here. Talking about this poison that's coursing through our veins. We don't see it until a hot button issue is, is pressed in our life and then it shows itself. Because I wonder how many of us would be happy if they reported today that Hillary Clinton would be tried and found guilty of crimes and sent her to prison for the rest of her life. I don't know why I mess with stuff. I wonder, again, no show of hands, don't, don't expose yourself here. I wonder how many would be happy today if our president wasn't just impeached, but tried and found guilty of treason, sent back to New York, and then a death sentence. I, I, <clears throat> yeah, I'd cough too. <clears throat> you see, some of us say, oh, that's really not me. Really? Because here's some of the things I've heard some Christians say. I wouldn't be surprised if something bad happens to them. They deserve it, you know. If I ever see them, I'm going to tell them. And here's one that I hear all the time. I pray that God gives them what they deserve. You see, all of this points to a root of bitterness that has entered your life and you probably don't even know it. 
You see, it's obviously not a sin on your part when someone violates you or betrays your trust. Or, or, and it, but, but when it's not handled properly, you need, to, you, need to, you need to tweet this, Instagram this, TikTok this, Facebook this, I don't know, just something. It's not your sin when someone else commits the sin, but when you don't handle it properly, their sin becomes the catalyst for your sin later. Every one of us will eventually have to contend with someone else's sin and we'll have to decide at that point on how to respond to it. Because bitterness, it's a root. Notice verse 15 with me, back to our reading. That no root of bitterness springs up. You see, roots are normally not seen, but they lay beneath the surface. And trees, they have roots. And the strength of that tree is determined by the roots. Matthew 7, 18 says, A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. He goes on to say, Let no root of bitterness spring up. Every tree doesn't start out as a tree. It starts out as a root. And roots will show themselves by what they produce on the surface. And as you can tell, these babies are not doing too well. At all. So let me ask you something. What are you showing to the world that's on the surface that is an example of what's beneath? (laughs) See, according to our reading, it only takes one. Watch this. So be sure that no root of bitterness, that there's no root of bitterness that springs up, right, and causes trouble... And by it, many become defiled. It only takes a few bitter teenagers to change the entire youth group. I knew I'd get an amen over there. Oh, here's a tough one. It only takes a few bitter board members that can alter the course of the entire committee and cause financial disaster. A divorced man will hate all women. Come on. An abused woman will disdain everything about a male factor. One bullied young person will hate their counterparts. Write off everybody. People will write off The entire ministry leaders of pastors because of one fallen pastor. They'll write off entire sets of leaders because that leader didn't live what they said they were living. And they'll write off church altogether because churches failed to live according to what they preached. 
what we need in our life, spiritually speaking, and this is why we did the fast, is because we needed a roto-rooter. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Verse 32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, uh-oh, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You see, you cannot play with a root of bitterness because the only thing that works is it has to be cut out. And the only thing that kills bitterness and the only thing that will cut it out of your life is forgiveness. Verse 32, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You see, Matthew 6, Jesus said himself, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will, you, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Because true forgiveness always lets it go. Y'all need to turn on the Disney thing and whatever that is about let it go and sing to the top of your lungs. What's that character? What's her name? Huh? I, I always want to call her Ursula. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know, but Elsa, yes. Let it go, let it go. Some of us are mad at people and we don't even know why. Some of you are mad at politicians that you can barely pronounce their name and they don't even live in your state. Some of you are mad at pastors and preachers for the obvious reasons, but... they, they, They create an Instagram page called Preachers and Sneakers. That's why I don't wear sneakers when I preach. I don't want to be on that page. But whoever created that page, you can tell there's an element of bitterness inside of them because what they do, they don't highlight what they're preaching. They highlight what they're wearing. Is that country now? They highlight pastors who wear Gucci tennis shoes, which I don't understand that because they look like crap. But anyway, I... But what's going on there? There's a bitterness. Something happened somewhere to them. And they're just bitter, so every preacher is wrong. They gotta let it go. Because true forgiveness, watch this. True forgiveness doesn't look for retribution or punishment. And unless you're willing to forgive someone of their wrongs, God, He said, Jesus now, He's the messenger, He's the one who wrote this. He said, God will not forgive you of yours. I just don't feel like God will forgive me. Well, maybe it's because you haven't forgiven someone. I just don't feel right. I just, I just you know, come to God and I ask Him for forgiveness. And I just, I just don't really feel. Is there someone in your life you need to forgive first? And the best way to forgive someone is to pray for them. Pray for them. Because... Now, it's, it's not, God, whew, 
If Neil wears shorts, one more time to church. <laughs> with flip-flops. God, I'm praying right now that you tell him to cover up them nasty toes. I, if he don't, I'm going to step on him the next time I see him. It's not that kind of prayer. It's, it's also that kind of, God, now you know they're a jerk. God, you know I'm right and they're wrong. So God, just as scripture says, I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to heap hot coals upon their head. That's not what he's, that's not what he meant. Because this is what I've recognized in my own life. When I pray for someone who's had a real issue with me and caused me a lot of offense, a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil, that when I pray for them, often they don't change, but I do. I change. If you pray for someone who's done you wrong, more than likely they won't change, but you will. And you in that equation is what matters. When we let it go, God's grace is then allowed to work. And how many loves the grace of God? Okay, how many wants the grace of God? then since everybody in here wants the grace of God, then why don't you go ahead and release that person and allow the grace of God to work in their life so it can now work in your life? We're talking about soul detox. We're talking about the root of bitterness today. I recently read a story that I want to share with you. There was two particular women in a church, uh, best of friends all the way through high school, through college. and um, They married... Uh, guys that were friends already with each other, and and uh, we'll call them Donna and Bridget. I just changed their names so no one can try to figure this out. Um, they were the best of friends, and they served together in their church. Both had great families, uh, kids on both sides, and um, the you know they went out to eat after church all the time. And we we're always over each other's house parties, and you know just on and on. They just shared life together. Uh, but there was a time when uh, Bridget and her husband needed to make some extra money. They were, uh, I guess, pursuing to get themselves out of debt. And so Bridget took a job. And, and because they were the best of friends, um, when they told Donna and her husband about it, uh, Donna simply said, well, you know, I'll, I'll watch your, your newborn. That way you don't have to put them in daycare. And, and Bridget got excited about this. I mean, this is a win-win. And so it was great up until one night, Bridget's newborn stopped breathing. 911 was called and they rescued that baby from death and uh, got, him, got, him, got her stabilized. And, and uh, the doctors, however, discovered that there was some brain trauma there. And the only way this could have happened was some kind of unfortunate situation and most likely abuse. And, of course, the investigation started and accusations began to fly and everyone became suspects. I mean everyone. And one by one, they, they ruled out the baby's family. And this left fingers only pointing to Donna. She stood firm that she had not hurt this child at all and had done nothing wrong. And she drew that line in the sand in complete denial. And, and so, of course, everyone started picking sides. And bitterness ruled the day. And these two families were ripped apart by what had happened because of bitterness. And it was 
some two years after the investigation or, or after the investigation begun that it ended with no one being held responsible for the incident. They could not prove anything. But this little child would never be the same again. And so after that two-year period, it was some days later against her attorney's advice, Donna came and confessed that she had hurt the child. And so the judge sentenced her to prison for 712 days, one day for every day of her denial. And after prison, Donna returned to the same church where she was a part of there with Bridget and her family, and um, along with the now four-year-old child who had a limp and speech problems due to the brain injury. And after a message on bitterness and forgiveness, very similar to this one here, Donna and her husband went to the home of Bridget and her husband for a visit. There in her living room, Donna, in Bridget's living room, Donna fell to her knees and she begged for forgiveness. Can you imagine? And much to the surprise of everyone who was there, including the pastors, and everyone who knew the story, There, Bridget and her family got on their knees with Donna and her husband, and they forgave freely. At that moment, or right after that moment of intensity there, this little beautiful girl came into the room with a limp and almost unintelligible words. Bridget turned around, and she looked at Donna and said, Would you like to hold our little girl. Not a dry eye was in the house that day because healing began. When we let it go, God's grace can start to work. So let me wrap this up with this. What better thing are you holding on to today? What toxic conversation or event or moment in time are you still holding on to that is causing poison to run throughout your heart? Preacher, are you saying I'm not saved? No, I'm very much saying you are saved. But it's time to let the complete work of God in your life. And that's why we did this fast. It wasn't because every church in the nation is doing a fast right now. Because the first of the year is a very popular time to do that. But y'all get ready because in the middle of the year we're going to do it again. Right when you're taking vacations. (laughs) Y'all better yet. (laughs) But seriously. What are you holding on to right now that has happened in your life that's causing you bitterness? Maybe you were a child and you heard a racial slur. And you've never let it go. Perhaps you are a part of some certain ethnicity and a certain way of believing and someone has spoken against you in awful and hurtful and demeaning ways. And now everybody of that particular conversion or conversation or color It's causing you to make decisions that are not right.
causing you to isolate entire people groups, entire churches, entire ministries because of a pain or a hurt that you've had. And this fast is none other than to bring that stuff to the surface to show us what we potentially look like up here. Because if you look like this, you've got a really bad root system. If you look like this spiritually, then more than likely you've got a root of bitterness that is deep inside of you. I want you to understand something about a root. It doesn't just show up there by itself. It has to be planted. So what I'm trying to tell you is it starts out as what looks like a harmless seed and becomes a root that eventually shows itself on the surface. And if you've got bitterness in your life in any regard, it's time to get it out of us. Because this is what I know. Healing is yours today. Healing is for our church today. We can have it. But you've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. I want to kind of circle back to this one point, and then we'll get ready to get, do communion. It says that be sure that there's no root of bitterness springing up, and many become defiled. If there's someone in your life that is continually and consistently spewing bitterness... And they won't stop. They keep taking you places you don't need to go. Getting you to do things you don't need to do. I tell you, the only way to deal with that is to cut them out of your life. Preacher, that's not Christian. Really? Because you've been a Christian all these years. You've been cutting folk out of your life all your life. You've had no problem cutting family members out that have done you wrong. I'm telling you, for the saving of your soul, you need to push them aside until they can become what they need to be in God. When I said cut them out of your life, I didn't mean stop praying for them. You continue to pray for them, and you continue to love them at an arm's distance. Because according to Paul, a root of bitterness can spring up, and it never just defiles the one. It defiles many. Many. I want you to stand today. So our hope today is this. If this is what you look like, we were able to extricate your heart and lay it out before us today and this is what this looks like can I tell you that God can fix this because there's a particular part of scripture where he came by and he actually basically snapped his fingers and that tree withered away 
And I know a God that can take what's dead and dried up and nasty looking. And with just one mention of his word, can turn your life around like that. And that root of bitterness be taken up out of you. We live in a society today that is wanting restitution constantly and always punitive. We want to punish the wrongdoers and punish those that have violated people. And, and look, Scripture is very clear on that. If you do wrong, you're going to pay for it at some point in your life. But often it's not what we want right then. We want a pound of flesh. And as the church, we're not supposed to buy into that kind of mentality. Scripture says for us to pray for our enemies. This always wanting retribution, always wanting some kind of punitive thing placed on someone's life for the wrong that they've done, that is not Christ-like. Boy, I had a tough one there, didn't I? That's not Christ-like. That's bitterness. And we've got to let it go. And our hope today is God can change all of that in our hearts and our spirits. And I don't know about you, but all the way through this fast, I find myself just getting a little easier with people. (laughs) Except when I got real hungry. Then I was like, stay away from me. But seriously, all during this fast, something came on the TV and there was an F-bomb. Ooh. 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 I know that seems silly, right? Not if you've been fasting. Because it hurts you when, it's, when you hear it. You're like, man, they body mouth. Let's change that. All of a sudden, you don't... You, I don't care if London has fallen all into that one but every minute and a half constant F-bombs and when I watched it I didn't hear it but when I fasted and I prayed and asked God to take out of me the things that don't need to me those roots things that don't belong in my spirit and then when I read the reviews and realized how many F-bombs were in there I was like oh God something's wrong with me Life is uncertain, but eternity is not. And today, you and I are going to spend eternity in one or two places. Either with Him or the opposite. There's no variables. There's no gray area when it comes to that by the way and for those of us who think that there's gray area about the word of God like there's no absolute truth <laughs> don't buy into that garbage that is that is a lie from hell Come on, yeah. it's black and white Absolutely. it's right there in print you can find scripture for every single ailment and issue and obstacle we face in scripture you can find everything you need to find to, to, to help you get to that place in him there. It's not a gray area. Because why would he come and sacrifice himself 
bleeding, holes in him, excruciating death if it was just, it's gray. That didn't make sense. That makes no sense. So life is uncertain, but eternity is not. And unforgiveness cannot be allowed to last another moment in our life. It can't. And if there's a grudge in your life right now, can I tell you, you will never be more like God than when you forgive that grudge. We can choose to live with toxic behaviors. We can choose to live with toxic emotions. And we can choose to live with toxic bitterness. Or we can choose to live free under His grace. What's it going to be? How many want to live under His grace today? Come on. We're not going to come down here because we're going to do communion in just a minute, but I want everyone, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to ask God to extricate, to dig out, to cut out every root of bitterness that's in your life right now. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like to know more, please visit www.revivify.church.